This is the EWN Podcast Network. Welcome to Lead Without Limits, the podcast that explores how your mind and soul energy, together with your actions and intentions, impact your leadership presence and bring heart and consciousness into your life. Join your host, certified business and life coach, Stefania Rigo, as she brings you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business in their community. And as she gives you the wisdom you need to help shape the future of society and our planet. Now here's your host, Stefania. Hello, everyone, and welcome. This week in the Transformational Tidbit segment, I'll be talking about the importance of slowing it down. That's coming up later. First up is the Lead Without Limits featured guest interview. Today, I'm having a conversation with entrepreneur, digital strategist, and consultant, Beth Alford. Beth's mission at Alford Creative is to impact the grim failure rate of women-owned businesses. Beth often jokes that her superpower is bringing order out of chaos, which she uses to service her business partners in a variety of ways. Beth is currently expanding her vision to include My Digital Mojo and Org Pop, two new services designed to equip and support female entrepreneurs to build strong and healthy businesses. Today, we're going to hear her personal story and thoughts about what embodying a leader without limits means to her. Welcome, Beth. Thank you for being here. I'm so excited. I'd like to start by asking you to share your story and how it shaped you into the leader you are today. Hi, Stefania. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Um, first, listen, I'm, I'm so uh, excited to share with you just a few things, um, but I wanted to first tell you how excited I am about your podcast um, because I feel like there's a real gap in uh, support for women entrepreneurs and um, this particular topic around how to shed limiting beliefs and power and control and all those things, perfectionism. I'm just very excited for you and um, it really resonates with me. And um, excited to uh, to see um, the lives that are changed through this podcast, but specifically the the title "Living uh, Leading Without Limits." Um, when you we first started talking, I started reflecting on that title, and it um, it really caused me to reflect back on my own journey. And I I thought, well, you know, I, I've you know I've, I've been. Uh, around a long time and um, I've done a lot of things and I thought there were probably a lot of different things I could share but um, as I thought about my own journey I thought you know what is it you know what I've had definitely ups and downs and and ins and outs around leadership um, but what is it that that is causing me do I see any areas in my life where I'm actually leading without limits like what is it about that 
And, and if so, you know, what's brought freedom? And so as I reflected on that, um, I, I realized there in my story, there are just some things that um, are, have been very just personally beneficial to me around leadership and, um, and realizing that so many of the obstacles that I know I've faced as a leader, as a woman um, uh, over the years, they're, they're so much centered around things like shame and fear that um, now in our culture, we have so many great uh, women leaders talking about that um, um, it's just nice to be able to kind of understand that some of those things are what, you know, were um, obstacles to me. Um, Cause you know, leading is really about the inner work that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, of course it's about influence and all those things, but none of that outward stuff happens until we look at the inward. And so that is really my journey um, is about the work that's had to happen for me to get to any place where I feel like I could be at all effective. Um, so I, I have been leading things my entire adult life. Um, uh, some of that's just my personality and the way I present in the world. So people tag me as a leader and, and that kind of thing. And I, and I've always been interested in helping people that, that, um, little phrase in your intro about order out of chaos. It really is true. I have a gift and like a passion, like it's just in me to bring order out of chaos. So when you step in to any organization and you are one that brings order out of chaos, you become leaders of things, right? So I became a leader of things um, very early on in my life and loved it um, for a long time and really felt connected to what that was about, right? Helping set things in place and helping organizations move forward. Um, But as life happens and there are so many ins and outs and ups and downs, and I hit a place um, about nine years ago where um, I just decided I never wanted to lead another thing as long as I lived. I had done it for, you know, 20 odd years, and it was just too hard, frankly. I was just at a place where it, um, all the adages about leadership, being too lonely, you know, loneliness at the top and being misunderstood and all those things are so very true. And I just felt like I couldn't do it anymore. <clears throat> that I was just a big target and I didn't want to be a target. I wanted to start something fresh and think about how I wanted to spend the rest of my life. And so I made a big life change and decided to move um, move to another city and start my own business with this core desire, of course, to do something that really reflected my values, but I would not be leading anything else. It would be my organization. I know that sounds silly now, but I, um, I really was not thinking about leading anything. I was going to build something. And of course, how silly is that to think back on, right? Because I influence people every day, my team, my clients, my vendors, and um, then of course myself, um, leading myself as an entrepreneur is of critical importance, right? If we can't lead ourselves, then um, we're pretty doomed. So <clears throat> I've, uh, over the last five years, I've realized that there are some things that I can pinpoint that, um, that have been obstacles to me before that got me in a little bit of a crisis place nine years ago. 
And I realized if I was going to ever come out of this uh, and build a healthy business and have any um, hope of being, you know, good in the world at all, that I needed to really address some of these things. They, they, um, they, and they were very, uh, very obviously things that I didn't at the time know were happening, but in retrospect, I can see. So there were really three things that were obstacles to me that I wanted to share today um, that kept me from um, actually being very limited in any ability to lead effectively. And one, I think everybody's going to be familiar, familiar with, which is just owning and amplifying my own voice. Lots of people today talking about voice, you know, um, but I realized that I, I had learned early on, by the way, as many women do, that my voice wasn't really acceptable. My strength was labeled as pushy and bossy. And um, I let that silence me for, uh, for a very, very long time. Um, you know, women are often shamed by their own voice. And so um, the little subtle hints you get from other people um, can really silence you. And um, that was part of why I burned out, I think, is that I felt I was trying to lead and be a person of real service in the world, but I didn't, I wasn't really speaking truth in a way that was authentic. I was doing what I thought leaders were supposed to do. And it caused a real uh, disconnect in my soul, frankly. And, um, and what I've learned is that my own voice that I now, I think I'm a lot more healthy in how I, how I use my voice. It's actually the thing that makes me good at what I do. My voice, that thing that I thought was meant I was pushy or I was too opinionated. Actually, I'm very straightforward and clear and it's what helps my clients the most. So isn't that interesting, you know? Right. So yeah. what is that subtle transformation? How do we go from, and so many of us, I can speak for myself, in my journey as a woman moving into uh, leadership, that external feedback, you're too loud, you're too assertive, you're too opinionated. Uh, give me a small insight into how you can change that um, image, self-image, that self-awareness to become a strength? Well, I don't know. For me, it just, it's, it's just been about coming to real peace with appreciating my truth and not feeling like I've got to parrot someone else's truth that I have within me the thing I'm supposed to be in the world, which means if I don't say it, it might not get said, right? That, so that to me, it's just, it's listening and being, and honoring it. Um, you know, we all have different stories and my, my pushing down my voice had to do with a lot of things, right? A lot of layers. We, not everyone is gonna have that issue. Um, but for me, it kept me from really, so, I say owning and amplifying because um, I didn't own my voice. Like I, I acquiesced my voice to other people hmm. to actually two things. I didn't listen to it first. I didn't listen to that inner, inner knowing. So I assumed the voice of others was more important and more real and true. So I didn't listen and own it. So then of course I couldn't amplify it. Right. So 
for me, that was, that was what it is. And so I, I consciously work every single day. It's a real conscious thing now to stop and say, what is it? What is it? You know, to go deep and, and listen. I love and then that. of course, and then of course, you know, battling the, the fear and being courageous to say, cause I'm going to mess up. And I still have those times when, you know, um, I can be very brusque. I can be very, um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm strong. And so I get that I can be, um, I can be, you know, I can, I cannot be the person I want to be in the world too, but that fear, I can't let that stop me. I can just, when I am, I can apologize or, or, you know, adjust and do what I need to do. But, but that fear, uh, to me, that was the opposite of owning. So owning men, I'm going to look, I'm going to express it. I'm not going to be afraid of what others think or what I think I'm going to own it. And then, and then I'll deal with it if I need to. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. So you mentioned there were three things. Yes. Yeah. So what's the second one? Well, the second one um, is also something I think uh, is going to resonate and that's just appreciating the process. So I know that so many of us um, really do um, struggle with perfectionism, but I didn't realize as an entrepreneur that how true it was that I would be constructing this thing as I go. And how cool that actually is. So I, anybody that does work with me, the foundation of all my work is planning. I love strategy. I love clarity. So we, it is not uncommon to do a 90 day plan, six month plans and year long strategy sessions with our clients. So I love that piece. And because I loved that piece, when I started my business, I started thinking, how, what's it going to be like? How am I going to plan? And while I, that is very important, I think it's very important because it, it sets us on a path, right? But what I'm learning to appreciate is that I'm constructing it as I go. So I've got the plan and I'm walking, but as we take a step, it causes a ripple. And then that informs our next decisions. And then, then occasionally I look at the plan and say, hmm, how, is it, how has it been more, you know, how is it more, how has it evolved? Um, but I bring that up as a, one of the obstacles I had to overcome because, um, it, I felt limited in that, in not being agile, not being flexible, not, not appreciating the fact that we construct as we go. And it made me miss a little opportunities along the way to really be a true influence. So part of my story is that because again, of my personality, I, I, I could be very rigid in that if we make a plan and we're going to do the plan, we're going to work the plan. Right. And that's true, frankly, whether it's parenting or relationships or business, we can get rigid in our thinking. And then because I have this desired outcome and then we miss the actual process. Um, it's a real limitation to leading. If we have to have it all figured out before we ever start, it'll either paralyze us or we'll be so rigid. We're going to miss it all. So um, I realized as I was looking back to kind of that time when I, um, but right before I got burned out and it's that that was part of it for me and, and only going into entrepreneurship and starting a business caught, forced me to look at that because you cannot, I don't care how great a plan you have, you cannot predict what next week is going to hold the good or the bad. And so um, it's a beautiful thing uh, about, 
doing, you know, running your own business is, is you don't know what that's going to be. And I did not realize that was going to be such a wonderful part of being a business owner. Right. And you started off by talking about, you know, perfectionism um, and, and, you know, how we have to surrender and let go of that in order to be able to pivot. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, have to be courageous and vulnerable um, while also maintaining our very high standards of, of service and having strategies that serve our clients. And that is um, what really um, is unique to being an entrepreneur is this ability to lead from both a place of strategy and planning, right? And also a place of vulnerability, kind of building it as you're going and uh, being able to be uh, make adjustments and um, push outside of your limits and of the box on a daily basis. I had never thought about that, but I love that. The idea that, that it's an act of vulnerability to lean into the process, right? Like it, it, I love that because it is vulnerable because you're saying my best laid plans, you know, are not going to be an ironclad uh, um, surety of success. It's vulnerable to put yourself out there every single day. Very, very fantastic. So there's one more. You said there were three. The third. Yeah, so this is one that um, is very important to me. Um, and I don't, it may be one that maybe more of the listeners are not thinking about. And that is this idea of embracing my agency. And I, I continue to be amazed that in 2020, still so many women don't walk in their own agency. They don't, they don't, aren't, don't understand that they can, um, put things out in the world and um, cause an effect that there's still so much that, you know, we, we, um, and I, I don't, I don't know why I am fascinated by the sociology of it all, but I don't understand it, but I see it every single day. And for me, it was a huge hindrance. And, it, and of course it, it came out of that first one of owning and amplifying my voice. If I don't trust all that, then it's, then it's, much more difficult to say, well, then I can affect this thing in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, because I, I'm unclear of the surety of, of entrusting my own, my own uh, belief about those next steps. And of course, maybe I won't act on them. Um, another thing for me that affected my ability to, to exercise my own agency was that it was being afraid of uh, being seen as controlling Mm. Um, you know, power and control, um, can be good and bad words. Um, we are very powerful. Um, we have the potential of being very powerful in the way that we change the world and affect, affect the world. Um, but we can call it controlling and all of a sudden now it feels evil. And um, I know a lot of women struggle with that. And so it was easier just to back off of my agency than to be step into the power that I had. 
Um, and, and really, you know, everything has power structures in it and us figuring out how we, how we use those power structures for good is really the biggest challenge instead of calling it all evil and walking away. Um, so I, um, what happens when we don't embrace our agency and walk and live out the truth that we have is that we become blamers. And um, when I really started reflecting on this piece, um, <clears throat> I started realizing that when I changed that flip, flipped that switch in my head, I didn't think I was a blamer, but it was subtle. It was very, very subtle. Like, um, if, if, if somebody says something that triggers me and then I shrink back, then I blame that why it did never happen. Right. I can then blame that. Oh, somebody didn't let me or something like that. And, um, and our, our voice and our agency, they're, they're really all we have, <laughs> you know, that, that is the thing that we, that we bring to the world. And so, to not be that because I'm afraid of how others are going to see me or um, misjudge my motives or all of that. It actually keeps you from leading um, at all. And then even just leading yourself and being the person that you need to be in the world. So, yeah, so that was a big one for me. It is a big one still. Um, I feel like many of us are enculturated, honestly, um, even, even with all the, even with, it seems counterintuitive because we talk all the time in our culture about, about the strength of women and our ability to, I never remember a day when I didn't think I could do anything. Like I had a mom that I never remember that where I did not believe I could do anything. So I don't know where it shifted. You know, there's a lot of evidence and research around girls, how that thing changes in the, like the fourth or fifth grade. And, um, so I know there's a lot of cultural things. So I don't, I don't know exactly what happened, but it's humbling a little bit to realize that, that even though those of us who feel pretty strong are still susceptible to, to that kind of thing and, and us not being all we're supposed to be in the world. And um, so I, uh, I really appreciate the chance to think about those things, which is what you know, your podcast has done for me because they, they've happened over the last few years and to give voice to them um, it, it, it's very, um, it's very, uh, motivating to me to see, um, that even, you know, in your forties and in your fifties, we're continuing to change and morph and continuing to be those people. So, um, I, this is another thing I, uh, around that process. So when I started leading in my twenties, I just assumed, you know, I, um, I'm a big student of leadership. I've got a bunches, a couple dozen books on my bookshelf about leadership. I've always loved it. And, you know, and I, uh, in the organizations I was in, it, it was just a big, you were always encouraged to grow and learn as a leader. So we'd go to conferences, we do all the things. And I just thought that leading was like this uphill thing. Like there was a pinnacle that we were, we were hiking up towards and that we'd just be this big leader someday. And that, um, <clears throat> but but that's actually not how it works, you know, and <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, the, uh, the ability to, to be vulnerable and to know that, that, that even in your forties and in your fifties and reinventing yourself and, and deciding you're going to take new paths and 
um, um, is a little humbling when if you if you look at life like that, right? right? It's limiting if we think that it had to be this one straight path, and all of a sudden someday I'm going to be this big leader who gets to do these things. That, that in my head is what it looked like when I was 20. I'm so much. I like the person I am now so much more than I think I would have liked that person if I had stayed on that path because it was another path, somebody else's view of what it meant to be a leader, but, but didn't take into account the fact that to be that leader, I had to, I had to drown my own voice. I had to be super rigid and I had to uh, put down, uh, you know, agency, um, and, and, and fit into somebody else's mold of, of what, you know, progress looked like. And here, is where I have to just let this like heartfelt sentiment come up about how unique your gift is, how unique your voice is, how unique your leadership style is, your energy and embodiment of a leader. And if you had had that path and then reached that pinnacle, and not push beyond those limits to address these three major areas in yourself. I think of all the women and men, all your clients, all the people in the communities you've served, your children, your friends, that I would have missed out on your unique gifts. So then there's a ripple effect. The reason I think these conversations are so vital is anytime we're setting limits on ourselves, we're then not using those gifts that are given to us um, to serve ourselves and others. And the real loss is to the others we're here to serve that, are, that need to hear that voice that need to know you, your authentic voice, see you in full power. Uh, so it's always so, um, to me, almost touching um, and, and exciting to see how much more you have to give and to contribute to everybody you serve and that you connect with because you have done your work and been conscious about it and get up every morning and know that the work is not done and that it's self-driven and it's authentic and it's about self-development. So and I'm, I'm I thank you. And I hope that's encouraging to younger women because um, we have the ability to live these very different mini lives in our lifetimes and um, the ability to continue to evolve and change, I think is a, is a sentiment I would love for younger women to hear and to say, get excited about, right? That, 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 that we have this ability and, and that we have no clue. I get so excited about the next 20 years because I have no clue what they're gonna hold um, in a way that I never would have been excited years ago because I didn't understand really this the beauty about the evolution that we get to have in our lives. Oh, such a gift, such a gift and such an exciting conversation. 
So you have an amazing story that you shared with our audience. Um, I, I know there are so many out there that will benefit from it. Thank you for sharing your time uh, with us uh, to, to bring all this to us. If you were to gift our listeners with one key takeaway they can implement right away, what would it be? Um, <clears throat> well, I, this is going to sound super simple, but I think just um, giving, slowing down and giving yourself the uh, uh, permission to reflect. Uh, ask yourself the same question I did. What is hindering or what is limiting my ability to lead? Or what did, if maybe you've, you know, there was a crossroads for you. Um, what has not brought me freedom? And then slow down. I, I'm a big believer in small steps, you know, and slowing down and listening. Um, and I know it's super hard for us. We're all high achievers. We want to go, 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 go. But boy, to reflect on that question, I think it's a brilliant question. Um, and then, and then look at it and it, either see the answer for where you are today or where you were so that you can, you know, be encouraged. Um, that's what I would encourage people to do. Fantastic. And oh my goodness, goes right into what I'm going to be talking about in the transformational tidbit. Awesome. Slowing it down. So important, especially like you said, for us entrepreneurs, um, high achievers, strategic and process oriented types. Yep. Yep. That reflection. Yes. Thank you, Beth. Thank you for that. So I know our listeners are want to go, going to want to learn more about you and your business. Where can they go to see and hear more about you? Well, I'd love for you to visit my website, alfordcreative.com, if you're interested in, um, in one of the things that I do. But I have something else. Listen, one of the things I see often is that organizations lose efficiency and effectiveness. And it's often because no one's tending to the big picture or things have evolved so much so that the, the, it's so complicated. Maybe there's been change in ownership or leadership or project managers. Things are so complicated. And I really believe business can be simple. Um, it's all about how do you woo, how do you win, and how do you wow your clients. All of your processes and systems can be placed within that. So I've created a simple framework um, to help uh, people see the gaps and to create some dynamic road uh, maps around that idea of how am I wooing, winning, and wowing my clients. And I'd love uh, to offer a toolkit to your listeners. It's going to be um, a, a video training and an assessment tool to, uh, so that they can create that framework for themselves. And they can find that at um, my new website. That's orgpop.com, O-R-G-P-O-P.com. And I, um, I hope they'll come check it out and um, love to hear more about uh, if that framework is helpful for your business. Fantastic. I encourage everybody in our audience to take you up on that. Um, thank you, Beth. Thank you again for your time and for all the wisdom uh, and, and personal gifts you've brought us today. Really, awesome. really appreciate you. Well, thank you. And now it's time for the Transformational Tidbit segment. This is Stefania Ego, your host of the Lead Without Limits podcast. Today, I'd like to explore the topic of slowing down. It's 11 a.m. on a Wednesday, 
and you're feeling overwhelmed by the morning and how far behind you are on a project with an upcoming deadline. Your mind is racing a million miles a minute and you're feeling jittery and can't focus on anything. It's uncomfortable to be in your body and you can't think clearly. The coffee is not helping at all. When you feel this way, your natural reaction is to speed things up, pick up the pace, get stuff done. Well, let's consider a different possibility. Let's disrupt the pattern of your mental, emotional, and physical state and energy. How about if instead of speeding through the rest of the day, from task to task, you intentionally slow things down. I mean, really slow it down. Not just for a minute, but for the rest of the day, and tomorrow, and the next day. What? How counterintuitive is that? Well, let's explore why slowing it down has huge benefits. When you slow it down, you have an opportunity to breathe more deeply and get more grounded. What does that mean? It means you're less in your head, spinning around, and more in your body, feeling present right here and now. That gives you calm, and being calm gives you focus and clear thinking for better decisions and problem solving. When you slow down, you open your heart to yourself and others, allowing you to listen better to others and connect at a deeper level. When you slow down, you stop scattering and losing energy. You end up having all the physical, mental, and emotional energy you need to direct what's more important. When you slow down, you will connect with your intuition and find innovative and creative space. When you slow it down, you get, a, you get clear on what you need to say no to and what you need to lean into. I'd like to leave you with this transformational assignment because, hey, information is everywhere. But transformation requires you to try and practice, adopt some new mindset or behavior. So should you choose to take this assignment on, please grab a piece of paper and a pen and answer this question for yourself. When I slow down, dot, dot, dot. So fill in the blank. This is a brain dump. Brain dump, no more than three minutes, please. No right and wrong answers. Spend a few minutes in reflection and see what comes up. Then take that information and lean into it. Be mindful of slowing down so you can have more of what you really want. I invite you to go to my Facebook page at Stefania Rigo, business coach and speaker, and share your insights. Reach out to me personally through my website at stefaniarigo.com if you'd like to find out more about me and my coaching practice. Thank you for slowing your life down and finding time 
to listen to this podcast. Thank you for joining us for this episode of Lead Without Limits. Each week, we bring you stimulating conversations with women who lead in business and their community. If you would like to listen to or download other episodes of Lead Without Limits, go to EWNPodcastNetwork.com. This podcast is also available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and most other major podcast sites. Until next time, remember that as leaders, we have the power to shape the future of society and our planet. We hope you make use of the wisdom you've gained here today to lead without limits in your own life. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? (laughs) I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating one million dollars in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Calling all speakers. E-Women Network has speaking engagements all over North America that must be filled. Are you a gifted messenger, author, expert, or successful entrepreneur that can help women entrepreneurs grow their businesses? Our mission is to help 1 million fulfilled women each achieve $1 million in annual revenue. If you're a speaker that can help women prosper, go to eWomenNetwork.com and sign up as a pro member of our Speakers Network. That's eWomenNetwork.com. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.